Good morning, everyone. Today is Vision Sunday, and to be absolutely clear in my communication, I have named this sermon. Are you ready? Vision Sunday. That's what it is. That's what we're talking about. That's the title. And I am both excited, like excited, like, oh, we're going to do something fun today. We're going to talk about our future and our goals and our mission statement. But more importantly than just excitement, I'm expectant, expectant that the Lord is here, that the Lord is in our our vision and the future of this church. He has been in our past. He will in our future. So I'm expectant this morning. If you are as well, would you say amen? Amen to that. Well, I couldn't possibly talk about all that it is that I want to talk about today, our history of our church, our beliefs, our mission statement, our goals, uh, where we are, where we're going to go to, how we're going to get there in just a quick 25-minute sermon. So really, this is like a part one, and you're going to have to come tomorrow night to a meeting that we're going to have right here. We're doing something called a family talk. It's kind of, We've kind of done this uh, in, in a different way in the past, and we're trying this as a new way of doing it. So tomorrow is going to be a family talk. And to be crystal clear about what a family talk is, it's not going to be like talking about like parenting and families. This is like us, New Life Manitou, a church family having a family meeting. Like let's get the family together. Let's talk about some things going on, some great things for the future, who we are, what we're doing. And so this is a New Life Manitou Kind of like if we're a church family, we have family talks every once in a while. And this will preface our 2023. We'll have a meal together. So right here tomorrow, uh, 5.30, there, there's the, some information here on the screen. We will provide all the drinks and we will actually provide the entree, which we have a, where's Jerry, our chef? Did you know we have a chef, like a legitimate cook, a chef in our congregation? So he's going to be making, uh, what, what's it called? Uh, Euros donors, uh, Mediterranean themed sandwiches. And so that's the theme. Uh, if you could bring, if, you're, if your last name is uh, A through M desserts, if it's in through Z aside. And my wife just found out today that I've put on her the responsibility of choosing one side and one dessert to be the winner. So if you really get into this stuff, uh, she will be the, the, <laughs> the judge and the jury. Uh, and if you're like, I, I, is a bag of chips okay? You bring a bag of chips. That's perfectly fine. Or if you're coming from work and it's just, oh, I just can't do anything. You just come to this family meeting. It's really more about the heart and the vision of what we want to share as a church. So that's tomorrow, 5.30, right here. You already know how to get here because you're here. So uh, let's, uh, I want to read a scripture for us. And this goes with um, kind of what I started with by saying, I'm expectant this morning that we as a church, that, that the things and goals and visions that, that we want to accomplish that these are the Lord's things. And the Lord is going to receive the glory for anything that that we do as a church that will glorify him. It's kind of circular that that he's the one who is glorified and he's doing it in us in order that he would be glorified. And we have a very, uh, this is a special, honestly, a very uh, heartfelt special piece of scripture that we think the, the Lord really gave to us years ago as we were launching about six, uh, a little more than six years ago as we were launching monthly services, then about, uh, we're coming on to six years uh, next month of launching weekly services at New Life Manitou Springs. Uh, this passage 
was just like one of those vision passages that's a metaphor for what the Lord does in Manitou Springs. And as I read this, you're going to be looking for it. It's going to sound like Manitou. Manitou is a, a dry, uh, mountainous uh, city where a creek, it, it runs right back here. Fountain Creek runs through it. There's fountains and there's springs. And yet it's, it's a dry, arid place. And what the, this passage is talking about is the metaphor of how the Lord brings living water to those who are dry and thirsty spiritually, who are longing for the Lord. The Lord is going to give them the spiritual living water. So if you're able, would you stand with me? I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 41, verses 17 through 20. I'm going to read it very slowly. So we can meditate and think about this as a passage that applies to us as a church and our outreach to Manitou Springs. It says this, it says, when the poor and needy search for water and there is none and their tongues are parched from thirst, then I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will never abandon them. Listen to this. It's, think about the spiritual metaphor here. I will open up rivers for them on the high plateaus. I will give them fountains of water in the valleys. I will fill the desert with pools of water. Rivers fed by springs will flow across the parched ground, and I will plant trees in the barren desert. And list the trees, cedar, acacia, myrtle, olive, cypress, fir, and pine. And then the, the Lord says this, I am doing this so that all who see this miracle will understand what it mean, means that it is the Lord who has done this, the Holy One of Israel who has created it. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, we thank you. This is your word to us as a church, as a city, that you are the one to receive glory for when your living water comes into our lives, it flows through us, disciples in this city are made. Lord, we thank you and praise you that you are the one who is doing this wonderful work amongst us. We give you all praise and glory and honor in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people with hope shouted, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I have for you a Vision Sunday sermon message. And I think a really good part of a leadership, if you're a leader in any aspect, whether at your work or your school, or maybe in this church, you have some sort of leadership influence over anything or anyone or any organization, a good leader is someone who can clearly, what I'm trying to say, can clearly communicate the vision. That's what leaders are supposed to do. Could clearly communicate vision. And I will be honest with you, I kind of, I don't even know why I stuttered right there, but it's like a testament to like, this is something that I struggle with. Like I, as your leader, if I could be honest with you, uh, I love being a pastor and a shepherd and a, a, a preacher. And I really find one of my giftings in the church is teaching. I love it when, you know, part of my sermons go into this little teaching mode and then I'll say nerd alert and you guys know what to do. And it's like, man, that, like that's kind of, my personality and something that I need to work on as a leader is clearly commu commu gosh. 
<laughs> Clearly, I need to work on this. Communicating vision. Like, this is something, like, I'm the kind of person that, like, if, if life is like a rowboat, I, I just get in and I start going. I'm like, we're going. And I don't even know where we're going, but we're going. And I'm getting up early and I'm pushing hard. And why isn't anybody else joining me? This is awesome. And I need, as a leader, like, step back and be like, oh, well, other people kind of they want to know where we're going and, and how we're going to get there and how we're doing along the way. And my personality is one that I need to stop and I need to clearly communicate to all of us as a church. Like, here's where we're going. Here's our vision. Last year, I read a whole bunch of books on leadership and this author that I really enjoy. I've looked up, I kind of tried to YouTube and uh, Google search uh, his faith because it seems like it's very Christian and some of the things he says, I found out he, he might have a Jewish background, but I couldn't really find anything about him being uh, a person of, of any faith. But uh, his name is Simon Sinek. Has anybody heard of this name? I see some heads nodding. He's someone who's who just talks in a, in a secular world to leadership. He, he's a host for leadership conferences. He's done quite a few TED Talks and YouTube Talks. And I remember him, this little clip of him from years ago. Like, talk about someone who has, like, their finger on the pulse of society. This is from years ago. I remember him giving this little talk, and there was this snippet. Maybe you saw it. It went around Facebook and, and uh, YouTube and Instagram. And it was just him giving the warnings for young people on the addictions of screen time. And this was years ago. And I remember like, wow, that's interesting that, you know, that young people could get addicted to screen time and blah, blah, blah. And now, years later, I'm like, wow, yeah, that's, that's a real thing. That's an epidemic amongst young people. Someone with their finger on the pulse of society and someone who just clearly communicates vision and leadership. And I, I read a bunch of his books last year. And one of the chapters, there was this thing he said where we should stop using the term CEO. Do you, have you, heard, uh, do you know what a CEO is? CEO is the, the leader of a company or an organization. It stands for chief, do you know? Chief executive officer. And his argument is that oh, that really doesn't mean anything for what that person is supposed to do. You're supposed to do chiefly executive like officer. they like, what does that really mean? He said, we should change the verbiage of the definition uh, or the really the, the, not just the definition, but we should change the whole name to C-V-O, chief visioneer, visionary officer, someone who is in charge of communicating vision over a company. And I think whenever you have any sort of leadership, we should be doing this. Like we should constantly be talking about the vision of what we're doing, where we're going, and how we're going to get there. So I hope, and I really pray that as I've worked on this throughout the years of being a leader here at New Life Manitou, that, that if you've been attending New Life Manitou, let's say for more than six months, Everything I say today, you're like, oh, I've already heard that. He's always talking about that. That's my hope. And if you're new, if you've been coming here less than six months, well, I hope that the, and pray that this will be a really good introduction to who we are as a church. And if you've been coming for a while, you've been, oh, I just, I've been coming for years. This will just be a really good reminder of like, yes, this is what we're in the boat rowing towards. So I have for you this morning... A three-point sermon. We're starting this year off right. Last week, three-point sermon. This week, three-point sermon. Today's first point is this. It's our mission statement. Our mission. We exist. So I'll, I'll read this a couple times. We exist to make disciples in the Pikes Peak region by calling people to worship, connect, and to serve. 
And Lance, who is over our uh, all, all congregations, our um, central operations, he already told us, like, we are actually a congregation, a church of eight different congregations, six different locations, speaking English, Chinese, and Spanish, and all of us, all congregations of New Life Church are in the Pikes Peak region, and our vision, our mission, our why we exist is to make disciples. And how do we go about doing that? Well, we call people to worship, to connect, and to serve. This has been our mission statement for years and years. It's our North Star of why we exist and what we're doing as a church. We exist. What do we exist for? Well, we want to make disciples. And how are we going to do that? Well, there's a little piece here that we call people to worship, to connect, and to serve. And so we think, I think, that the best way to make disciples in the world, it has been since Old Testament times, through the the times of Jesus, is the local body of believers being the church, making disciples in local areas. I would say there's no better way to do that. If there's a better way, you come let me know, and we'll probably assume that different way of making disciples. But I am under the conviction, and I think Jesus gives the power to the church. The power of God in the world today is in the church. The local church doing the local mission in their local regions is how disciples are made. It's the best way. I was on this mission trip years ago to, to Macedonia, the, the, the capital of Macedonia, Skopje. And in this, this region of Skopje was a very Muslim uh, region of the city. And there were some missionaries there. And we went and we had lunch with the missionaries. And I was with a team from New Life. And it was just a one, the whole trip was wonderful. I got to speak at a couple different churches. Uh, some other people got to share testimonies. We got to join in some, some worship. And some we worked with some youth and taught their youth. And it was just a, a wonderful mission trip. But my favorite part was this lunch with these missionaries in Skopje in a very Muslim district. And they were missionaries to a very hard, hard to reach region of the world because it was just, the culture was just so Muslim and uh, opposed to the gospel of Jesus. And we kept referring to them as, oh, you guys are missionaries and blah, blah, blah. And they kept correcting us and saying, well, we're, well, we're not missionaries. And we said, well, what, what are you doing? They're like, what, what are you? And they said, well, we're church planters. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And like, tell me more about that. And they said, well, we don't have a church yet. We, we don't have any plans to, to plant a church yet. Right now, we're, we're working on get, getting the, the good news and the gospel out there. We're looking and praying and hoping that the Lord would convert people to the, the knowledge of Jesus as Lord. But once we do, once the Lord is faithful and we have people committed to Christ, well, then our goal is to get a gathering. We're going to call that a church. And once we have a church, like we're going to make more disciples. And so their whole, they had like the end goal in mind of being like, we're going to one day be a church. Right now, we, we, haven't, we don't have any converts in this region, but we hope to. And once we do, we're going to disciple them and we're going to call that church. And then we're going to make more disciples. And I just thought, wow, that's a great way to put it. That's a great way with the end in mind is to be a church. And so years ago, uh, my wife and I have lived in Manitou now for almost 16 years. And um, about six, six years ago, uh, we, did, we had no plan of planting a church in Manitou Springs. I was the college uh, a young adults pastor at New Life North. And the idea was presented to us. I'm going to tell more about this story 
tomorrow night and how we started and kind of our history and then new life's history as we are different congregations, eight of them to be specific. We'll talk more about that tomorrow night. But the idea was presented to me and to my wife, like, hey, you guys are already living in Manitou. We see Manitou as a place that needs the gospel. We see Manitou as a place that's oftentimes like it's resistant to the gospel or church or Christianity. Would you be interested in bringing a local church, making disciples in Manitou Springs? And it was just like, oh, yes, of course. Like uh, my whole life has already been on this trajectory. It's just one more step along the way of, of where I think the Lord is calling me. And at the time, like I had never planted a church. I honestly, I don't, I don't think I've ever even re- read a book on church planning. I had no idea what to do. And so what did I do? Well, I looked at our vision statement, our mission, why we exist. Well, we're going to make disciples. How are we going to do that? By calling them to Worship, connect, and to serve. So I literally took that as like, well, I guess we'll get together and do the first one. We'll worship. We'll get together and we'll worship. And so a little piece of New Life Manitou trivia, our very first worship meeting that we held in Manitou was in the basement of the Mona Lisa. So you go downtown Manitou, on the left as you're going into town, there's a Mona Lisa fondue restaurant. And I knew the owner, I knew he was a Christian. So I said, hey, can we meet in your basement? He said, sure, well, we're closed Wednesday night, so you wanna meet Wednesdays? I said, sure. And so, Tuesday, sorry, (laughs) Tuesday, my wife is correcting me. Tuesday nights, it was a while ago, seven years ago, we started a prayer meeting and we're, let's worship. Let's get together and let's call people into worship. And then as we began to do that weekly and people began to, to gather and pray for what the Lord was gonna do, we began connecting and thought, well, we should have some more meetings and we should get to know each other. We should eat some meals because that's a really good way to connect over food and we should connect. And then as we launched into a weekly service, uh, we're going on to six years now, then it became like, well, how can we serve? How can we serve the Lord? How can we serve our families? How can we serve the church, the city, the nation, and now even the world? We have our eyes like, go ye therefore into all the world is what Jesus tells us to do. And we will preach the good news and we will make disciples. And so I really like the worship connect serve thing. It's not just this idea. It's, it's in my heart as like, this was how, this is how we make disciples by calling them to worship and to connect and to serve. So that's all point number one. That's our mission statement. If you, if you want to know what's, what's the church's, you know, why do we exist? What's our mission statement? What's, what's the statement you have, our motto? That's it, to make disciples in the Pikes Peak region by calling them to worship, connect, and to serve. But point two is like, well, what do, you, what do we do from there? Let's get a little more specific. Point two is this. What's our specific goals for 2023 in making disciples? Okay, if we're gonna make disciples and how we do that is calling them to worship, connect, serve. Well, what does that, what does that mean? Like some of you are like, yeah, that's great. This church seems great. I'm on board. How do we do that? Like what in the world does that mean? How do we go about doing that? And in 2023, we could look at a year. We should be able to look at a month. If we have a great mission statement, we should be able to look at any week. In fact, if we have a great mission statement that really leads us and, and guides us into the future of what we're doing, well, then every day should be, there. we're doing something every day to go towards this goal of making more disciples. And so here we are, it's Sunday morning, we're gathering together. We would say, well, this is a gathering place where we open our doors to anyone and everyone to come in and to hear the, the word of God being preached. You know, We just sang some songs. They weren't just little cute songs. This is not a concert. We are worshiping the holy, wonderful God who is creator of all. This is 
powerful stuff we're doing in here. We are worshiping, and that worship changes the atmosphere. Worship changes our city. We really believe that what we're doing when we gather on Sunday mornings is just that, worshiping the living God and creating change in our own hearts and in the city around us and into the world. And we are really committed to preaching the word. We go through sermon series, uh, sermon series. So the next sermon series is the Sermon on the Mount. The next week we'll be starting the Sermon on the Mount, and that will take us through this sermon that Jesus gives, and it'll take us all the way into Easter, and then we will celebrate Easter. We usually have two services. A couple hundred people will will come through our doors, and we will lead them to the Lord and to the resurrection of Jesus. And then the Sunday after that is usually uh, what we have planned this year in 2023 is a baptism service where we will add to our number those who have believed and those who are getting baptized. You know, a cool fun fact about New Life Church and all of our congregations in 2022 is that we baptized. We added up the numbers of people baptized at Manitou, at North, at East, at New Life Downtown, New Life Midtown, Chinese Church, Nueva Vida, that's our Spanish-speaking congregation. We added up those numbers and it was right around 360-something. And someone was like, hey, that's kind of cool because there's 365 days in a year. So it's like that verse in the book of Acts that the Lord added daily to our number those being saved. It's like, well, that's pretty cool. That was just a piece of encouragement for, for all of our congregations at New Life Church. But that's our, our specific goals for, for this year. Some of them are to continue what we started in 2023. A year ago today, I stood here and t- we did a vision Sunday then. And I said, man, it's 2022. Do you remember that? It was just a year ago. It's 2022. And our hopes are to, to launch a middle school ministry. And specifically, we want to launch a kids camp in the summer. For, for specifically for families that maybe can't afford a kids ministry, or sorry, a kids camp. We will have a kids camp here in our building and we'll feed them lunch and we'll go through a day program and anyone and everyone is invited to come totally free. And so we've done both of those things. I'm excited to tell you, like we have a middle school ministry. I don't know why they're not making more noise, but they're back there in the upper room and they're going through a lesson. That's what Taylor, he's our, um, he's our uh, middle school and high school, one of the leaders for, for the, that ministry. And I'll tell you about the high school in just a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, and then we did a kids camp in the summer. We launched a week-long kids camp. We had kids in our building. We advertised it to our city. And we said, come on, let, let's host a kids camp for people who want to have a kids camp. And just honestly, a lot of parents just want to get their kids out of the house. Uh, we will host you. And we will tell you about the good news of Jesus and how he loves you. That was our theme last year. We did that. So a lot of looking at 2023 in the future, a lot of what we want to do is we want to continue these ministries. We want to start, we have started, we want to continue these things. And in 2023, uh, we really want to continue some of the outreach things that we've been partnering with, with uh, um, New Life Manitou partners with uh, Pantry that is at St. Stephen's, uh, St. Andrew's, excuse me, in downtown Manitou Springs. We're giving them a large gift of, of food this week and a financial gift. Some of you, I said, where's Lorelai? Some of you are, uh, there she is, help every single week. Uh, some of you have jumped in here and there to be a part of the Manitou Springs Pantry. That's one of our outreaches. We just had a Christmas service and we went through our town. Some of you were there at the parade and we handed out hundreds of invitations to our church. That's 
kind of like getting the word out, uh, kind of uh, an outreach. We also have, uh, I, I just think about like the benevolence program we have at Manitou and the other congregations whereby which someone who's struggling financially can come and fill out an application and we could partner with them to help them with uh, rental or, or mortgage assistance, with uh, utilities and with food. Like we have these ministries always available when people are in need to outreach to our city. And in 2023, here's where I'm going with all this, we wanna continue all these things and our big push this year is to launch a student ministry. So the the young man, Taylor, who was just up here playing the bass guitar, him and his wife, uh, Allie, downstairs, she's our kids ministry director. We are launching this Wednesday, can you believe that, a student ministries for high schools. On uh, every other chair was this little, uh, you probably saw, it says 633, and uh, we're very excited. Like Manitou, as far as I know, doesn't have even a Christian club for high schoolers right now. If, if you know of one, you let me know and I'll correct what I'm saying. But I've looked around, I've asked around, there, there doesn't even seem to be a club uh, at the high school for anything Christian. There's all kinds of other clubs, but a Christian club to, to talk about the good news of Jesus, there isn't one in Manitou. And we as a church are poised to host that. So here in our building on Wednesdays, we're gonna host high school ministry. And we're going to teach the gospel. 633 is uh, the time that it's going to meet at, as well as a verse. Matthew 633 says, seek first the kingdom of heaven. And all, all these other things will be added unto you. But seek first the kingdom of heaven. And so that's what we're really excited about uh, specifically for making disciples in the Pikes Peak region. We really want to narrow it down this year and have a focus for high school student ministries. And so some of you uh, might be tapped on the shoulder to, to help lead or help make food or help with some part of that ministry. All of you will be tapped on the, so, on the shoulder for giving, like, the, like uh, to start a new department and a new ministry. To, to, we really think that like food and doing fun things together is a great way to do high school ministry. I was a high school pastor once and I was always like, we got to feed these kids. If we don't feed them, they're not coming. We got to have pizza. There's pizza. Every good student ministry has good teaching, uh, pizza, and that, well, that's it. Just good teaching and pizza. We got to have pizza. We got to have money. So continue. Those of you that are faithfully giving, especially those of you that reoccurringly give, thank you so much. It's that budget that we can kind of allocate and look to the future of planting other ministries and continuing and starting new ministries like this high school ministry. So that's point number two, kind of more specifics about where we're going and a whole bunch more about that tomorrow when we have our family talk potluck right here. So let me conclude. Uh, Point number three is just kind of rehashing what our mission is. Our mission is to make disciples. Disciples who make disciples, calling people to worship to make disciples, calling people to connect to make disciples, calling people to serve to make disciples, make disciples so that the disciples can make disciples and those disciples can make disciples. And how many more times can I say the word disciple? And some of you, if you were honest, you, you might be, be like, you know, you ever had like a question in class? You're like, this has got to be a dumb question. Uh, and the, the teacher's like 20 minutes into a lecture and you're like, what? You're like looking around and you're like, what are we even talking about right now? Have you ever been there? I've been there a lot. Like, like I love school and I, I, I went to college and got, then got my master's degree and I just love school so much and I, I got my doctorate and I was not the kid that didn't have to study. I had 
had friends. Like they didn't have to study. They would be going surfing. They'd be doing all this cool stuff in seminary. And I was like, "Don't. When do you guys study? Like, how is this possible? I had to work my tail off. And I was often the kid, like in class, teachers like 10, 20 minutes into a lecture, and I'm like, "What are we even taught? What's going on? What are we talking about? Did I miss something?" And so some of you might be like, "Did I miss something? What is a disciple?" Like how, what it, we keep using this word. The pastor said it like 50 times. Disciples making disciples, we make disciples. And we worship, connect, serve, to make disciples in the Pikes Peak region. We make disciples. What is a disciple? It's not a bad question. It's a good question. And if you don't know, I want to explain it to you. Can I, can I give you a little uh, rabbit trail story real quick? Rabbit trail story. Uh, so this is like during COVID when the school shut down and we were doing uh, Google Hangouts with, with uh, the, the kids. And so I, two years ago, I had a fourth grader. Jay was in fourth grade. He's on a Google Meet, uh, which was just a brutal time. A shout out to all the parents, especially young kids. We had four boys and we we're trying to do our jobs like during the COVID lockdowns. And we had like four Google Meets and even like our preschooler had his own Google Meet. Sometimes all three Google Meets were at the same time. We're like trying to find extra laptops and phones to do the Google Meets and our preschoolers like walking around putting lollipops in everybody's ears and like, this is horrible. And I'm, we're trying to concentrate here. So anyways, Jay was on a Google Meet call. He had a substitute teacher that day and the substitute teacher uh, introduces himself, just does a great job, says, I have a lecture for you. I have a lecture and then an assignment, has a lecture about Native Americans. It was just a well put together lecture. And the whole time I'm like telling, I'm sitting next to Jay, like telling him, pay attention, pay attention. And the whole time there's like screen, a screen up of like other kids in his class and the big screen of the teacher. And um, <coughs> there was a kid who was like, you could tell they were just kind of like, like, like falling asleep. And me and Jay were like, look at that. It's so funny. He's falling asleep. That's funny. Hilarious. And he, we this guy, uh, this, the, the, the teacher, a substitute teacher gets through the lecture and then says, does anybody have any questions? And this kid who had kind of been nodding off, like does the, uh, the, uh, the, the raise your hand button. So a little hand comes up and the teacher calls in this kid and they, this, the teacher's like, what's your question? And the kid says, who are you? <laughs> and I just thought like, what a great moment. Like, like that's the question. Like, wait, what's go? Who are you? What's going on? And I thought, oh, maybe that, maybe we need a moment like that where we're like, I'm 20 minutes now, uh, maybe 25 into a sermon talking about making disciples, and and like, what is a disciple? Like, can we talk about that for just a second? If you asked anybody in here uh, what a disciple is, if you if you you know were just to go outside of the church even and say, what's a disciple? I think most people would say. Oh, like a Jesus disciple, like that word is really connected to like the 12 disciples that Jesus had. If you, if you just started using the word, oh, the disciple, it was like, oh, like one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. And that answer would be partly true because the 12 disciples were disciples of Jesus. But the word matateu just means someone who is a follower of Jesus. I, I use some other words here. A follower, a convert, a student, a devotee, someone who is a supporter of. These are all synonyms with the word disciple. And there's quite a few. There's not just the 12. In fact, Judas betrays Jesus. Then the story goes that he takes his own life. And then he is replaced by Matthias in the book of Acts. So, well, there's technically 13. And then Cleopas, he's mentioned as a disciple. He's one of the people walking with Jesus 
on the road to Emmaus. He's referred to as a disciple. And then did you know Joseph of Arimathea? You've heard of him. He's the one who takes Jesus' body and has the tomb for Jesus' body to go to. It says that Joseph of Arimathea takes the body for he had become a disciple. So there, there's more than just the 12. In fact, our calling by Jesus, uh, you know, our mission statement as a church, we're, we're stealing it, by the way, from Jesus' great commission. At the end of the book of Matthew, Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ye into all the world and what? And make disciples. So, so anyone who becomes a follower of Jesus is a disciple. And, and yet we, we kind of use that word only to refer to the 12 disciples. But if you're a believer in Jesus, you're a disciple. I think maybe a, a word that our world would use instead of the word disciple would be a fan. Are you a fan of Jesus? Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a, I, I believe in what he says, and I'm a fan of who he is. I think that's what the world would use. But I don't think that word is strong enough because you could be like a fan of a movie. And what's that mean? Well, it means you've seen it a couple times and you like it. And so it's like, it's a, well, you're not devoting your life to the movie. No, no. I, I think a better word, and, and, and bear with me, uh, you, you might disagree, but I think the word member is, is a good word. Like, are you a member of, of the Jesus way? Are you a member of Jesus followers, because membership is like, oh yeah, I'm, I go, I go to the, I go to the meeting. I'm a member, and I represent what it is that that leader or that party or that thing is all about. Well, whatever word you use, whether it's member or student or uh, follower or convert, the word disciple should carry with it all of those things. And as I conclude this sermon today. I just have a question for all of us between you and the Lord. Like, are you a disciple? Are, are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you following in his ways? And if you're following in his ways, then he's going to give you, uh, your, your cup is going to be overflown. Like we, we started this um, sermon today with this beautiful passage in Isaiah that, that the streams would open up, that fountains would pour forth water into streams and the streams would connect with rivers and flow through a parched ground. And think about that metaphor for our own lives. So, some of us, all of us, we all struggle with spiritual dryness, like where we're searching and, and thirsting for something that only the Lord can fill. You know that saying, it comes from a poem, water, water everywhere and not a drop to drink. You know where that comes from? It's this old poem. Anybody know? Shout it out if you know. Rhyme of the ancient mariner. Okay, a couple people might. I had to learn. Did any, anybody else have to learn this in middle school? <laughs> it's a 1700s poem by Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Uh, it starts out with, uh, there was an ancient mariner, and he stoppeth one of three. By long gray beard and glittering eye, wherefore stoppeth thou me? And this old, it's the story of this old man crashing into a wedding and, and, and like grabbing some kid and saying, let me tell you this story. And the kid's like, no, the, the, the guests are met. The feast is set. I don't want to unhand me, you gray, says gray beard loon. And this old guy is like, let me tell you a story. And it goes into probably one of the best, most quoted English ballads 
ever written. And, and that phrase, water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink, comes from the first set of stories that this sailor tells. He says that the ship comes to a halt. They're on the equator. The sun's beating down. Everyone's skin is red. Their lips are black because everyone's dying of thirst. There's no wind. No one's moving. They're on this old wooden boat. And it says water, water everywhere. And all the boards did shrink. Water, water everywhere and not a drop to drink. And I think about that, like, man, doesn't that, like, like, isn't that an image for our world right now? Like, like we would say in Manitou, like, everyone's spiritual. Everyone can, you know, at the, at the typing of their fingers, research Buddhism or yoga or Mother Nature or all of these other beliefs. There's water, water everywhere but not a drop to drink. Like we're all, all of us, I would say Manitou is a very spiritual place, a very spiritual town. You come in, for those of you that come from the past, a Divide or Woodland Park, uh, where if you're coming from the West and coming into Manitou on the, that exit, you pass a sign that says, like right out of the Ute Pass, you pass a sign that says healing waters. Like that's what our city is known for, healing waters. And yet there's water, water everywhere and not a true drop to drink. Jesus says this. He meets this woman at the well. Many of you are familiar with this story and I'll end here with this. Jesus sees a woman by the well and he points to this well and he quotes these words in John chapter four, verse 13. Jesus says, everyone who drinks this water, this well water, you're gonna be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And I think about disciples being made who are drinking this water and then seeing their cups filled to overflowing. And they're like, well, I have plenty. Do you want some? Do you want to know about this good news too? What about, do you need some? Do you need me to pray for you? Do you, here, I have, we have, I have no worries because the Lord is filling me up and inside of me, is living water. Inside of you is living water. And this water is bubbling up and the disciples are making disciples and the good news goes from here. Would you stand with me this morning? We're gonna pray and then we're gonna go to the table. The band can come forward to lead us. They're gonna lead us in one last song uh, appropriately titled Jesus, Center of It All. And what we're gonna do is I'm gonna lead us to a moment where we can come to the Lord's table and receive from him his cup. And so in, there's baskets on, on the floor and in these baskets are uh, some elements of Christ's cup, his bread, his cup. And if you're, if, if you're wondering like, how do they do communion here? Can, can I come to this table? We, we would say this is the Lord's table. If you believe in Jesus, then you can come to his table. If you want him to fill your cup then you come to his table and he will fill your cup. But let's take a moment with these elements in hand. Let me pray for us. Lord, we receive your living water inside of us. Lord, you said that if we drink of the water you give us, then we will never be thirsty again. And Lord, here we are drinking from your cup. This is the, the mystery of your blood shed for us for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, this is your bread. You called yourself the bread of life. And here you are, Lord, sharing your bread, sharing your cup with us. And so as a congregation, would you take the bread out? 
And Lord, we thank you for this bread. This is the body of Christ, for the body of Christ. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. And so we take the bread and let's receive it together as a congregation. Lord, you also took a cup on the night you were betrayed and you gave it to your disciples. You said, this is a cup of a new covenant. Your blood shed for all. So Lord, we receive this cup. We receive your work on the cross to forgive us of our sins. We receive it together. So Lord, as we sing this last song, you're the center of it all. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We give you this church and the vision and the direction of where we're going. We praise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.